Welcome to the Lynn Sanity, a podcast for the Running Hook Podcast Network. second edition of the Lynn Sanity Podcast, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And before we get into uh, the details of this podcast and get everything rolling, uh, don't be afraid to, uh, you know, do some rating, do some reviewing, do some subscribing. Um, if you're, if you're uh, you know, depending on the platform, you can give some five stars, you can give a comment. Uh, if you're on YouTube and you're watching this, don't be afraid to uh, say that the host of this pod, Caleb Lynn, is very sexy. Uh, don't, don't be afraid to check, to check out everything that the, uh, the Ruddy Cook can offer uh, on, the, uh, on, on YouTube or on, on any platform that you, uh, you could be interested in. But I recommend YouTube to see my sexy face. But meanwhile, we'll, uh, we'll, We'll, we'll we'll get we'll get this thing under rolling and uh you know I, i'm excited about this this pod you know because you know we we've been doing the monday nights with with bryce and zach and then uh you know this week and, and really that second episode uh it's going to be you know really with me and, and and jd and then we're going to have a guest on uh every once in a while so jd i'll just start with you uh how how's it going and how panicked are you about Ty Lu? um i'm great um I'm not panicked about Talu. You want to know what they need to panic about? Go ahead. Go ahead. My, my favorite player packing his bags. My that's, that's what they need to worry about. Mm. Him. People talked about Paul George not showing up for Kawhi. That was all the help he had last night. Yep. All the help he had. It was the Kawhi and PG show. It was Kawhi and Paul George versus the Dallas Mavericks. Now, everybody's still going to talk about Paul George not showing up or whatever. I'm starting to feel bad for Paul George for going over there with Kawhi. Sure. When they had this kind of pressure on him. And I feel bad for Kawhi because he ain't got no help. Like, the names and stuff sound good, but it's too many weapons over there for everybody to be a negative. Marcus Morris was trying. So I'm not blaming Talu. I blame everybody. I blame Talu for the rotations. Sure. No, that's understandable. And uh, and we'll, we'll move forward into bringing our new guest in, uh, the, the guest who's uh, – Debated on kicking me out of a hosting hosting pod for for, for quite a while. Uh, he's been he's been so sick and tired of me. Uh, but he's but he's coming on this week. Uh, Alex Burr, uh, the the uh, the founder of this network. Uh, it's a privilege to have you on, good sir. Well, you know, I always you know love to go on the uh, the podcast of people I'm considering kicking off the network. You know, that's just, that's just something I like to do with my free time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, listen. First of all, okay, let me give some Tyler takes. All right. He's not as bad as you guys say he is, yeah. but the rotations have been bad. I, I can't deny it. Okay. Reggie Jackson playing in crunch time. Doc did this too. Doc can't get a pass on this either. Uh, <laughs> playing Reggie Jackson in crunch time is bad. And not playing Terrence Mann until like you absolutely have to is atrocious. And keeping Patrick Beverly in the game when Luca said, you're too fucking small in like his fourth language. Okay, he told Patrick Beverly, you're too fucking small in his fourth language. And he's and Lou is keeping him out there like it's it's embarrassing. Zubak, actually, I think it's an unfair rap. Most of the time, he's not been good in this series. And it's just bad for the Clippers right now. Like they're the team isn't optimally designed for Kawhi to win. And 
I think I'll have I'll save a conversation I want to have tomorrow. But I think sure. Kawhi made the wrong choice in free agency. I think Kawhi might have made the wrong choice in free agency. So I'm happy uh, he did. You're it's happy. Also, it's a chance my dream may come true. Oh yeah, I think you and I, JD, are riding the Kawhi to Miami train harder than anybody else. If, if I'm telling you, I don't care what nobody say about Golden State. I don't care what nobody say about Philly. I don't care about what nobody say about no team. If Kawhi goes to Miami, I won't never shut up. I, they can lose 20 games straight and I'm still going to scream. <laughs> I, that's, that's a good way to put it. Let's that's go fair. ahead and move on, Caleb. That's fair. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, you know, in general, that series has been entertaining and, and there's plenty of other things that Alex will get into with his power hour. Uh, so please don't be afraid to, to listen to that as well. This will basically talk about the series that we have not been discussing in depth on Insanity, particularly it will discuss the Clipper series. Uh, it will discuss the Knicks series. Uh, it will discuss the jazz series and, 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 you know, look, it, it, it should be, it should be terrific to hear uh, what they have to say. Uh, they're actually, from my understanding, putting out one soon. So, uh, you know, pay attention to that. That'll be great. Uh, and then if you want to listen to JD, please don't be afraid to check out his Fact and Stats pod uh, and some Battleground episodes that I'm assuming uh, will be on the way here soon. And that that leads me into the uh, really what we're here to talk about, you guys. What's going on? What's happening in the playoffs? And so uh, I'm going to do it very similarly. I'm just going to run through the scores uh, since Monday. Uh, and and really, you know, we'll start off with Heat Bucks. Bucks won 132-98 to 98 over Miami. They are up 2-0 in the series. Uh, the Nuggets, uh, Blazers, Nuggets 128, Blazers 109. Uh, the Nets 130 to Celtics 108. Uh, the Lakers 109 to Suns 102. And Mavs, Clippers, Mavs 127, Clippers 121. And so without further ado, let's just jump right into the first series that happened. Uh, with Heat Bucks, I mean, holy cow, one thirty-two to ninety-eight. What a shame! You want to talk about it? I mean, it's it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that we're sitting here talking about the fact that Dwayne Dedman had to lead your team in freaking scoring. You you gotta you gotta sit you gotta sit there and look at you gotta sit there and look at yourself in the freaking mirror if Dwayne Dedman is leading your team in scoring, JD. This is a problem for your heat. You can't you cannot sit here and tell me oh uh, Dwayne heat. Dedman's just there. Jimmy's heat. Uh I my, mean come on. my Jimmy and his heat. Like what are we doing? I mean like Jimmy Butler's Jimmy Butler has not been Jimmy Butler has not been good. Okay, he just hasn't. He get ten points. He ten points, four assists, and two rebounds last game. Jimmy Butler finally, finally, Christ sakes, finally did what I've been begging, which is he is, you know, game two decided I'm not going to shoot a single shot. This is a stat too. I'm not just pulling it out for BS. He he he, fourteen feet and in. That's all Jimmy Butler did that game. He bucks. That's all he did. Fourteen feet and in. That's the first step. That's the first step because his three point jump shot has not been there. But I need I need to I need to you know hear it from JD right now in Miami. There's a lot of explaining to do. What are you seeing? Um first thing first, I say that Jimmy isn't shooting well. I'm gonna put that out there. My guy not shooting well. I think he playing He's still playing good. He's involved in a bunch of games uh, in all other areas, but he has to be the number one scorer. 
which is leading me to this guy. I'm, I I hate that Bam is being just as passive. Bam ain't Bam isn't being good either. And we seen this last year. Series by series, Jimmy got more and more involved. First series, Jimmy laid back and let the shooters get involved. Cause he know he needs stay confidence at their highest. True. Cause he's he's a walking confident guy. But and then something that um me and A B talked about before, it's starting to show, but it's also showing in another series. The J Crowder loss. He fit well almost on any team, but I don't think it was a better match made for him than Miami. Trevor Reza can only do so much. He does not belong on Giannis that long. He doesn't. And I like Trevor Reza. Everybody know I like Trevor Reza. Jay Crowder should still be in that position. Then you got uh, the... I feel like the the rotation's not as good either. I feel like it's easy to guard Goran Dragic um, with Drew when you don't trust none of the other guys he's on the floor with. Tyler Hero has been hit or miss. Um, you running them with Detman. He can trust Detman. But if Dwayne Detman is your number one guy that you trust in that's going Dragic, your team in trouble. And, you know, I, I'm a fan of the Detman pickup, but I definitely don't think this is a series for him. This is the series I will let Precious Achua run wild, which is what me and you talked about. I said based off the matchups, this is a series made for Precious Achua. Oh, praise God. Look, I, 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 I've been hoping, I've been hoping for some precious. It didn't even, he didn't even look bad uh, when he played just at the end a little bit, JD. And, and Alex, and, and Alex, I, I'll lead you into your thoughts on Miami. Cause I, I, there's a couple things I I'd like for you to address. I know you've been big on Duncan Robinson, but his one trick pony right now, is it cutting in? And the other, the other aspect of this is, I mean, what are we doing, Alex, when we're trying to flip double bigs and we're not trying to put Bielitsa? You know my opinions on Bielitsa, Alex, but I'm telling you, Bielitsa should be getting at least trying. If you're really trying to go double big, you should be trying to throw Bielitsa, not Dwayne Dedman. Well, first of all, okay, I ride the Bielitsa train probably harder than anyone who's talking about any NBA players. I love that dude. He can do just about everything on offense, but it is quite evident to me that, well, okay, he's not like, you know, fucking... Like Dwayne Wade on offense, right? But he can, you know, he can shoot, he can pass. He's a good complimentary offensive player. Yeah. That's probably the better way of phrasing it. I, I saw JD's disapproval. If you're watching this on YouTube, he, he disapproved of what I said. I, I realized the error of my way. So I, I apologize to you, JD. But Bielita can do just about everything that you need from a complimentary offensive player, right? And I think it's quite evident, really, they miss Kelly Olenek. And why did you not plug? Bielitsa into the Olenek hole. Bielitsa is probably like an, a skosh worse than Olenek, right? Like, I don't think there's too much of a differential there. They're both bench guys. They're both, you know, they both really can't play defense, but they can, you know, they can do a lot with the ball in their hands, you know, as like a, as a third, you know, like swing it to the guy. He's wide open. He can drive and kick. He can shoot the open three, right? Great, great take, AB. Great take, by the yeah. way. They need that. They need that. This isn't the same Miami Heat team, right? This this just isn't. And this is, you know, 
to go off of what JD was saying, they miss Crowder. And so, okay, this is a different Heat team. Sure. And it's a different Bucks team. The Heat losing Eric Bledsoe is one of the biggest losses for them in this whole series. And it's going to sound like a joke, me saying that, because obviously the Bucks traded Bledsoe for Holiday. But Holiday might, outside of Giannis, he might be the best player in the series. And Jimmy has to step up, right? I think JD hit the nail on the head with yep. Bam's passivity. And Bam is just being way too passive for me. But... Jimmy has to shoot better. That's just the the short yeah. the short order of it. He has to take easier mid-range jumpers because he's yes. laboring for a lot of shots. He's lumbering into the paint with Lopez and Giannis. And Giannis, JD, you have to give Giannis credit for this. Giannis is actually stepping up to the plate and guarding Jimmy. Absolutely. One and, of the things that I test Caleb Emilia and said, yep. Yep. I love it. Yep. He's he's guarding Jimmy, and Jimmy, I think, could blow by him. I don't like I've been telling you guys, I don't think Giannis is that great of a perimeter defender. He's not a good on-ball defender. Exactly. And he, Jimmy should be able to take advantage of that. We saw him yeah. take advantage of that all last postseason. But and, I think... And the end of um, game one. Sorry for uh, cutting no, you off. At the end good. of game one, he literally did exactly that. And we... Jimmy definitely capable of it, but as I said, Jimmy is trying to get everybody else involved because Jimmy can't beat them by himself. Only because the difference between stealing two games versus the Lakers and stealing two games versus um, Milwaukee is Jimmy had shooters on the floor the entire time with the Lakers. So you bring Anthony Davis out on him or he able to get Dwight Howard switched on to him. He was able to get around them, draw the foul and do what he had to do with Milwaukee. Giannis is coming as a help defender, which is a great help defender. Brooke Lopez, not a terrible help defender. And Drew Holiday, who it, you compare any of these three teams I just mentioned with Miami Lakers and Milwaukee. Jimmy and Drew is the top two defenders and Drew is on Milwaukee now. So it's going to be tough where you got to fight your way to get down there off of Drew. And you still possibly running up to a great help defender. Chris Middleton, not a slouch. People think I hate Chris Middleton. I really like Chris Middleton. I just don't think you win with him as your number two guy. But he's not a slouch. And we know what he he can do. He's a great two-way guy. He's a great two-way guy. I think that Jimmy, he he obviously got to not only shoot better, but he got to realize that those heroics from the finals last season, he might have to do that again and bring in the one-trick pony, that who I love, by the way, a lot more because Bam is not helping. I think Bam, I think Bam is kind of being exposed. And to, to, to be completely honest, I think Bellman is being exposed as to if you look at what Milwaukee is doing, you load up on Jimmy and make Bam be the offense. Only time Bam look good is in a dribble handoff. Outside of that, he looks scared to take the shot, which you seen in game one and two, Jimmy and Ariza screaming at him to shoot the ball. He's scared to shoot the floater that he was shooting all season. It's, it's looking like the bam that we seen in the regular season. I said, damn, he took a jump. Looks like three years ago, bam, versus Philly. When, if it wasn't an athletic play, you was like, 
He has none to offer. Alex, did you have anything that you wanted to put out there? No, he hit the nail on the head. Okay. I mean, Bam's just being passive. Like I, I know JD doesn't like look into the stats. I, hell, I don't look into the stats that deeply, but I know JD doesn't look into it as deeply as I do. But he hit the nail on the head when J- Bam for the regular season was like at forty five percent from like floater range. Like he was like killing it from out there. He's afraid to take a shot, and that's just damning for the Heat. And I, they can't win if he doesn't shoot. So here's here's the thing that I find really interesting from Bam, right? Like, I understand we need a little more aggressiveness and we need a little more assertiveness. But I do like the fact that he got to the free throw line nine times. I mean, he went because I think I think that's 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 showing that it's 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 not it's not necessarily he's not wanting contact or anything like that. It's just the dude needs to just shoot more. Like that it's, it's, it's literally, it's about as simple as that, right? Like Kendrick Nunn going for, he should not have 14 shots four of 14, one of five from three. Um, some of those shots have to be dropped off to a Jimmy and a Bam when they're more aggressive. As far as I'm concerned, um, this is a really, this is a really damning hero series. You, you can't, you can't sit, you can't sit here and and think of hero the same way as we did last season. Very clearly, that everything's showing is 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 lack of effort on defense. He he gives up multiple times after every freaking Atrocious. missed shot he has. It's it's really bad. It's really really bad. We're starting to see why Miami was slightly concerned on uh, you know His where's this guy's head at. You know, where's this guy headed? You're seeing that a little bit more in the playoffs. Um, I, it, this is just really sad to me. I mean, I thought this was going to be a really tight series. Uh, but no, it would not shock me if Milwaukee just says, ah, screw it. We'll, we'll just jump out. We'll just jump to it. We'll just, just we'll, we'll get an easy one. We'll get an easy one. We'll put the pressure right back on you. We'll take two. Uh, it would it would not not shock me at all. And, and that kind of leads me into the Bucks, you guys. And, you Caleb, know, Jan- Caleb, before, oh, go ahead, JD. Before, before yeah. we get to the Bucks, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. At this point right now, who would you slide in as the next guy to take the shots? Because we know Bam don't want to shoot. We know last season, Dragic and Hero were switching off games. Yeah. Outside of outside of Jimmy, who who can you say can be that guy right now? Because oh, it's not looking how it was where anybody could take over. Oh God, no! I, I mean, I, I th- this has been my biggest issue with them. I mean, I know I've talked to Alex about it. I've asked Alex. I've I mean, I've I've tried to talk. I just I genuinely don't know. I I. Because I do think Robinson can do more than shoot threes, but the stats say otherwise. Um, and I, so part of me is like, you know, just completely skeptical of what, of what they're trying to mate. I mean, I hate saying it, but if it's probably for me, it's probably Dragic. though. I think it's though. I don't really think he should be. I'm I'm not I don't really think he should be that guy, but he probably is that guy. I mean, if you look at what he's done the last couple games, I'd say it's the safest pick. Nunn's very hot and cold, as I've mentioned multiple times. You might as well call him a hot pocket. As far as I'm concerned, I just don't see I I just don't see where they're gonna get the third option, and I think that's gonna kill him. 
And I mean, Ariza might as well go to retirement. Uh, we'll move. We'll move towards that. We'll we'll, we'll we'll go to the Bucks here. Uh, you know, really impressive. Obviously, the last two games, uh, just just completely impressive. They got it done uh, from the three ball with Bryn Forbes and Pat Connaughton off the bench. Um, both of them, uh, you know, combined for eleven for twenty from the three. They 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 basically lit them up. Giannis, I think, had a very good game, very underrated game in my opinion. I think I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks look really freaking good, Alex. But I. But you know what? You know what I'm really shocked about. I'll be honest. I'm actually shocked that Bud is playing his starters. But Bud is actually playing his starters. He's playing his starters the right amount every the the last two games, which is which is put me in awe. I mean, he. This is what's what did, what did he drink, Alex? What kind of potion was he given before the sidelines? You know, did I did, did Tinkerbell come in the locker room and you know, give a potion or something? What's going on, Alex? Well, you texted me after game one and you were apoplectic about how Bud handled it. So I'm glad I'm glad to see your tone change. Really, like there's one difference between game one and game two. Miami shot the same and Milwaukee regress to the mean and i think when people hear regress to the mean they think you know oh that means you're going to get worse right like you hear regress yeah and that means you get worse but sometimes if you're abnormally bad from something you can go back to what you're what you were doing before right and this is what the bucks had done all season long right this this game too frankly was not surprising to me i'm not going to go so far as your uh favorite co-host bryce shaddy and say the bucks will sleep but i, I think i'm comfortable saying bucks at five at this point okay. and i didn't think i'd say that before the series True. like milwaukee just has the edge in so many facets drew holiday is a superior player to bledsoe and that cannot be stated enough no like yeah. like yeah. drew holiday on the court over Bledsoe is a superior factor. Giannis needs to stop taking fucking threes, but otherwise you can't stop him when he's, you know, 16 feet mid. I one for five from three. It's it's I, I don't understand why he shoots threes. It's the most maddening part of his game to me. Like threes are overrated <laughs> in a sense, right? For certain they points. are. They are. Like Simmons doesn't need to shoot them. Jimmy doesn't need to shoot them. Giannis definitely needs to stop shooting them. I'm sick of him bombing seven. Threes. He had seven, Alex. Five. He had oh. five. Oh, he had five? Yeah, he, had, he was 11 oh. for 20, 1 for 5 from 3. That means he was 10 for 15 from inside the arc. Oh, okay. And, I, don't know what I mean, really, the Bucks just couldn't have shot any worse. Middleton had a great game one, and then in yesterday, or on Monday, he had 17 points on five shots. Like, just, I think this role is perfect for Middleton. I think Drew is perfect for this role. Like, literally, this team is just perfect for each other, and I could see them. Like, I think they're a legitimate shot to knock off Brooklyn in the next round. I know we're putting the cart before the horse a little here. It's only two games. I just don't see any way Miami can generate enough offense against this Bucks defense. We haven't seen it the first two games. They barely scraped together 107 the first game, and they barely scraped together 98 last game. I, I just don't see how they can do it. So I'm calling Bucks in five. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane to think about, but, I mean, they are playing that good. They are getting that type of production. Uh, they're getting, you know, I am I am a little bit sick and tired of the lack of PJ Giannis. That that needs to happen a lot more. Can we can we can that be a petition, please? Can, can I can I take a little bit of a victory lap though, yes. real quick, Caleb? Yes, go ahead, Alex. Didn't I didn't I tell you that um, PJ Tucker might be guarding Jimmy? Didn't I tell you that? Yes, you did. Yeah, you did. And I think PJ Tucker, in a weird, I think I told JD this too. PJ Tucker, in a weird fashion, is doing a really good job on Jimmy just because he. He can't bully. He can't bully PJ Tucker. So I want to take a little bit of a victory lap on that, but I I agree. 
they should be playing together more in crunch time. But in this series, there's only been one serious crunch. There's only been one game with crunch time in it. So sure. Sure. And I think, I think JD, you know, when you're talking about the bucks, obviously Alex was, you know, hundred percent right on holiday over blood. So, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest though. I, I mean, even though the stats may say that he's not all that great, um, it's pleasantly shocked me how good uh, Lopez looks, JD. He's not, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like Lopez has been such this quote unquote weak guy. He's not, I mean, obviously you want him to do a little better, but I mean, he's still giving you effective plus minuses. You're not panicked about trying to bring him out early. Um, I mean, he's competing now. Is that because Bam's not been as aggressive and it's making Lopez look good? I don't know, but if you look at the first two games, the first two games suggest Brooke Lopez has looked very good. And when he's on the court, he's been good. And I think, I think for the Bucks, like that's a really big thing for them moving forward. And what a lot of people questioned about this series, JD. Yeah, I think, um, man, you had that conversation and I said, if Bam plays like Bam, Brooke Lopez gets us off the floor. Bam not being Bam. Yeah. Brook Lopez is going to play well because when you don't have to exert extra energy, making sure you boss out, making sure you moving your feet, making sure you could test in the jump shot. You get to produce more on the offensive end as to even if you're not scoring the extra tips, just being able to tip it to another guy, oh, sure. being able to set an effective screen, being able to be a threat still on a jump shot. Even if you shoot bad, the fact that they know that you can knock it down is still valuable when you still don't have to exert as much energy on the other end. We've seen yeah. what happened when players got to work on both sides of the ball. And he, he really hasn't had to work. <laughs> I think it's a testament to not only Bam um, not playing as well, but Brooke being able to take advantage of that. Yep, I, I yeah, I agree. And that's that. That's a savvy veteran for you. I mean, yep. We look at PJ Tucker. He's not shooting the ball well at all, but he's being able to exert all that extra energy on defense. All he, he got to do is pass the ball, come in, get a nice little tilt to the side give extra possessions. He don't have to score and he can, he can just work everywhere else. Sure. So I think, I think they doing the right thing. The savvy veterans doing what they supposed to do. Brooke Lopez should have got ran off the floor, but because he hasn't, he's literally taking advantage. And I can't be upset about it. I mean, I'm not willing to count Miami out just yet, just off the strength of, Man, they got my guy. And I feel like seeing what he was able to do last season and even making them uh, a threat to the Lakers was enough for me to say that. I think going down 0-2, I still still believe, based off of game three, however game three goes, that's, that's what will determine the series. If they win game three... I believe it might go seven. JD, wow. so you're saying game three is a must win? <laughs> they lose game three. They out in five. Wow. I, but I they can... won't be swept. Bryce, shut your mouth. I'm tired of you wanting. Let me just say something. 
I feel like Bryce want to take a shot at anybody that he know I like. Knowing I'm a, I, what I tell him, Jimmy not Jimmy not like nobody that you had on your paces. He won't be swept as soon as they go down 0-2. It's over with. It's done. They're out of – Bryce, shut your mouth. Learn some respect. You have no right to say what – what somebody gonna be swept like you didn't even believe Jimmy was gonna sweep you out last year. You the only person who didn't believe that. Well, no, none of you delusional Pacers fans are. But at the same time, you're a Pacers fan. What else are you gonna say? Y'all don't got nothing going for you. So I just wanted to say that, Bryce, shut your mouth. All if right. any if anybody can win a game, Jimmy can win a game. He's not TJ Warren or Sabonis or none of those guys. I mean, it's Jimmy Butler. <laughs> All right, well, let's 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 lighten, let's lighten up the mood. That's a good one, Ed. Uh, we we'll, we'll we'll do we'll do double East. So we'll start off. We'll we'll do Celtics and, and Nets. Do we have and, to. Yes, we yes we do, Alex. We, we do. And uh, the this we we are. We'll start off, Alex. You and you and JD both are getting introduced to the segment. We're getting introduced to, into some trivia here. On and uh, without without further ado, uh, you both can work with each other, and then I will read it off once again. This this trivia, we can be it can be found it can be found very easily. It can be found through a potential retweet. It can be found uh, a retweet of mine. Pardon. It can be found through the broadcast. You guys can know what I'm saying is these are not just some random things that I'm looking up. You know, you guys can hear this stuff and we'll go from there. So we'll start off with the first question. These are three Brooklyn Nets questions. Three, the two of you can work together with this question. These aren't these aren't the same questions as Monday, are they? They are not, Alex. Okay, they are not. Because you you realize I have to listen to every podcast, right? Uh, yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. So Joe Harris, stellar season from the three point line. What is Joe Harris's three point percentage, and where does it rank in the league? He has to be first. JD, I think it's 47%. What do you think? Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was north of 45. So I believe it's 46, 47. Um, rank rank in elite. Oh, he's not first because Tony Snell's first. Uh, who who's talking about Tony Snell? A guy but, that's I'm not gonna talk about a guy that get 13 minutes a game taking one three a game. He takes more than that. He takes like two or three I, a game, I'm, which I'm, which qualifies him unfortunately. I'm kidding. That's a former Bulls player. If he number one, I, I gotta respect him. But I think I'm gonna go. Uh, I missed a couple of their games at the end of the season, but he sure. was north of 45 uh, when I last seen. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 46, 47, and I'm gonna go top. I for sure top five. I say third, second, or third. Okay. I'll I'll go with third as well. Third, and then what's the percentage for Alex? I think I think 47 is kind of consensus here. It is. It's base basically 47 and a half percent, and he finished second. Finished second. Yeah, Tony Snell definitely finished first because Tony Snell shot like fifty percent from three or something like that. Joe 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 Harris lighting it up from three this year. Uh, the next question: uh, Brooklyn, been known as a team that's been struggling on the defensive side of the ball, but if you look at their playoff defensive rating, it might say otherwise. What is Brooklyn's defensive rating from the playoff team so far? 
Like in terms of like where their defense ranks? Yes. Oh God, they're playing the, the playoff Celtics. teams. They're number one. They have to be number one because the Celtics scored 84 points in game one. Final answer? Yes. <laughs> Second. Who's ahead Second. of them? Second, Dilly. I did not find I did not find who number one is, but second. Brooklyn was second. They, was, you, they were second on this. They were second on this list. It happened. The only no, Phoenix is probably number one. Because Phoenix probably. Phoenix is probably number one. Probably. Even though the Celtics allowed or the Nets allowed fewer points in game one. That that math doesn't make sense to me, but sure, why not? Fair What's question. the next I'm sure we have one more. We do. James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant have both been pretty balanced in their overall shot selection. Let's go, Kyrie. My question for the th- two of you is, there is a number. They they shot the same amount of times in game two. What is that number? All right, I feel like they, this is a they all They all shot the same amount of time? They all shot the same amount of time. It was 12 shots. Kyrie was 6 of 12. Alex? Uh, JD knows. I, I'm deferring to JD's judgment here. JD, is that our, is that your guys' final answer? Uh, I'm going with I'm going with 12 shots. I believe Kyrie was six or twelve. That is correct. That is correct. 12, 12 shots. They finished with twelve shots. Yeah, All three Hart, of them did. It was it was what Kyrie with sixteen, Harden with twenty one, and KD with twenty six. Because yeah, Joe Harris had twenty five. K yeah, KD KD had twenty six. Uh, Kyrie had 15 and James. Uh, uh, they all shot. Nine. They all shot the same amount of times. Interesting. I thought that was interesting. That's, that's pretty interesting. You, these, these were good trivia questions. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to do it for fun. I've been doing it recently. And uh, the next team is uh, TBD for next week. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Do the trailblazers. Uh, you coward. Okay. <laughs> well, well, but in, in all, well, in all, in all seriousness, we'll just break it down really quickly. Um, Boston's in trouble. There's no question about it. And it just seems like we're not even seeing the best from Brooklyn yet, Alex, uh, just overall. Absolutely. How did, how do we see this? Ha, how do we see this? And then not to mention that Tatum, you know, got his eye, you know, had something with his eye at Pope and he left the game in the third. I, it just, it just seems to be a, a complete disaster right now unfolding. Do you, okay. I don't have a very complicated answer here. Would you like to know where Jabari Parker started the season? I, he played in Sacramento. Does he, he, he started start in, in Sacramento. Sacramento? Okay. Okay. He started in Sacramento. Okay. He's playing in the playoffs. I don't think I need to say anything else. I don't. You're not a Jabari Parker guy. I'm not, not a Jabari Parker guy. He's just washed. I thought he was from the region. No, he's, he's from, from Chicago. Chicago. Oh, from Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's from Chicago. Okay. Okay. That, that's gotcha. a different thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right. All right. But I, I don't think I have to say anything else other than Jabari Parker has been a catastrophic disaster. And really this whole, so Evan Fournier has been catastrophically bad. Kemba, oh. Mike, Kem, Kemba's been really bad. I mean, what else is there to say? Yeah, like, I got something to say. Cause I love how everybody, as soon as Kemba came, they was winning a little bit. He's just so much better than Kyrie for this team. He's this, he that. I told everybody it's not that. It's, it has nothing to do with what Kimba was doing. Kimba didn't have to be who everybody was assuming he was going to be because of the talent that they had and the people stepping up. 
But now when you need Kimber to beat Kimber, let's just say that the showstopper left Boston the way he should have. I'm so glad Kyrie out of there. I, I, I still want to see him put 40 on their head. And luckily they're going back to Boston. I hope that he does it in Boston so they can get what they deserve for sure. trying to act like he ruined everything over there. No, he didn't. Y'all ruined it. Going big fish hunting. Y'all ruined y'all own organization. I hope that Kyrie put Kemba on his back at least two plays and then put 40 on their head, walk over to Denny A just say thank you for releasing me. Can I just say before you go, Kale, that's a really good way of putting it because JD's right. They put expectations on Kyrie that they should not have. And I think we're seeing in Brooklyn that he's playing the perfect role for him. And I JD, I just wanted to say before we move on that you hit the nail on the head there. So Good. Thank you. Thank you. Good, good I way hate Boston. It. I love yeah. Jalen Brown, but I hate Boston. No, I mean, I think it's a fair point. I, I think the big, the other big factor to this is, I mean, what are we doing playing Romeo Langford at 18 minutes a game? I mean, what kind of, what kind of junk are we putting out there? I mean, we can't, we can't have Romeo Langford go one-on-one on Duran. Are we serious? This is what happens I mean, when you don't sign and trade. That, no, you're right. No, I agree. I agree. That's, that's the, that's, and that's why I was just about to get to is because they didn't do that. You're looking. You're you're having to play rookies probably a little more than you want. You're playing Neesmith a little more than you want. Um, you know, you're playing Pritchard a little more than you want. Um, and and those aren't bad guys. Those guys could very well end up being solid pros in this league. But I I am not. I, when you're playing these guys in this situation, it, it's not good. It's just not good. Um, I I think the the. And, I, and it's not on Stevens. That's on Ainge. And as far as I'm concerned, I think I think Brooklyn's coming in and, and they're just they're just getting started, man. It just feels like everything's just so easy and natural. Joe, Joe was just on fire and and it just seems like every piece they have is is playing well. Um, you know, again, I, I'm shocked Jeff Green's only getting 12 minutes, uh, but but he's a he's a, a nice piece. Um, I, I like I mean, in general, they've, they've got a lot of things that I like and, uh, you know, I feel like this is this is a sweep as far as I'm concerned. Is anybody pushing back on that? No. Okay. If anybody in America was to say it wasn't, it'll be Bill Simmons. <laughs> yeah, that's, he's probably not wrong. Uh, and, and we'll we'll move we'll move into the we'll move into the West now. Nuggets and Blazers, uh, which you know, as we mentioned earlier, uh, the the Nuggets were able to come back and and make this series at one apiece. And Alex, I know this is a series that you were really wanting to get your, you know, to get your eyes on uh, in our draft. And, I, and so I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this to start off. Um, what about the Blazers game plan do you like right now against Denver? And what do you not like? Because they're, they've basically just to, you know, make things a little easier to understand and grasp. I mean, Jokic is an elite playmaker. Typically, when you talk about Jokic, you're talking about this unbelievable assist guy who can get things rolling in a numerous amount of ways. Um, and it feels like, and you know, if you guys have something different on the game plan, please say so. But it seems as if they're they're basically saying, Jokic, you're going to dominate us through scoring, not by making other people better. We're making you score rather than pass. Alex, do you think that it's going? Do you think it can work? And how do you and, and if you don't think it can work, what would you do to be able to stop what they're doing right now? Because it felt like Denver had some answers in game two. It it would be a good strategy if Jamal Murray was healthy, right? 
the problem is Jokic was going to have to do this anyway. So you're just making his life a lot easier than it would have been. He only missed five shots last game. Five, according to Cleaning the Glass. It's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, they stop is. recording stats after a garbage time is done. So maybe, you know, he missed a couple extra shots. Sure. But 15 of 20 is objectively insane, right? This guy, I mean, is probably the best big man score we've had since. Yeah. I mean, you could make a case that he's up there with Dirk in just in terms of pure scoring ability at this point. Like he can't be the only, there's like two people in the league who can stop him too. And even then, if you try to stop him, he'll pick you apart. So like the Blazers aren't equipped to stop Jokic. They just aren't. And the way to stop him is to make Shaq Harrison, Austin Rivers, and Monte Morris beat you. And Composo. Those four guys can't beat you. They're guards. I know. And Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon can't really beat you shooting either. You have Michael Porter Jr. who can put the ball in the hole. And that's pretty much it. I don't understand this strategy at all for the Blazers. They can't guard Porter Jr. They can't. They got lucky he missed nine threes in game one. But they, they can't guard him. So you just you guard the two guys you can guard. And then you... Or you try to guard the two guys you can guard, and then you yeah. just let everyone else beat you. Right. Like the only way it's get a full is a it's a bad strategy is if they're getting backdoor layups. But luckily, you have Robert Covington who showed that he can protect the rim while he was in Houston last year. Right. This isn't that hard. Like I think Portland, I I just don't understand why Portland lost this game. I really don't. They should have won because this was all time in the first half. It's all time game performance. I will say. Aaron Gordon really stepped up to the plate in the second half. Guarding yeah, Dame. Did. Yeah. But that's probably not going to work in game three. He's not or, a Ben Simmons. He's not. Defensive player of the year. Uh, you muted yourself, J.D. Uh, go ahead, J.D. I'm done. I just wanted to say Ben Simmons is the only guy that can stop Damian Lillard. That's, that's it. You're right. But I think that – um. Gordon did a good job on him, but there, it's not going to work in game three, right? Gordon's no. not an on-ball defender like that. He's better off the ball. So, I, like, Portland has to win game three. They have to because I if agree. they don't, I think Denver could build enough momentum to win the series. I agree. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. I think game three is a must win for Portland. Uh, and, 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 you know, JD, I, you know, before we get into Portland, uh, just what, what did, what did you see from Denver and what have you seen so far? And, and, you know, cause I think that the important thing to think about with this team, at least what I mentioned on my pod Monday, as I felt like Jermichael Green and Paul Millsap are really good. They should take advantage of that. They did that. Absolutely. It worked. Absolutely. Then I thought that overall Porter played better, which is expected. And it just seems as if, it seems like Mike Malone showed why he's a top six, seven coach in the league. Michael. He, Michael Malone, pardon. Yeah, he, 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 it just seems like that that's the type of, I think he showed that in this game. Like, I think he really showed, I'm not afraid to adjust. I'm playing Marcus Howard 15 minutes. I'm playing, I'm playing guys that I would not have expected in the beginning of the year. And I'm making it look seamless. He's making it look seamless. He's making it look easy. You throw a low, below average coach into that situation, complete disaster, complete disaster. You throw Bjorken in that situation, good luck. You, throw, <laughs> you, 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 try to, you try to throw out, you try to throw out like what? You try to throw out Stan Van Gundy? 
You try to throw out Stan Van Gundy, good luck. You, 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 Mike, Stan Mike, Van Gundy. Mike, Mike Malone, Mike Malone, I think, did a terrific job from one to two in his adjustments, and I think that's why they won the game. I know, Alex, it's a fair point that Portland should have won. But I think my I think Michael Malone is is putting himself into and establishing himself into the top tier, JD. Um it's ironic you said that because me and you haven't talked about that. But literally that was my thing. They have the better coach. I think sure. if you like look at the last three or four years, sure. the tough matchups that Denver has been in. Every year at every round, he makes a necessary adjustment. When they went against yeah. the Spurs in that seven-game series, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but this was my problem with Jokic years ago. And every game, I told AB, my Spurs going to win if Jokic don't do this. Mike Malone made Jokic take 20, I think, what was it, AB, like 21 shots in the first half? I can't and, even remember that. J.D., you know I, I can't like, remember shit anymore. <laughs> I, I was like, AB, my Spurs going to lose if he keep this up because we can't guard him. The next round versus um, Portland, I said, if Jamal Murray don't step up, they going to lose. They lost. They go against Utah the next season, I believe. You know what they do? Sure. Let Jamal Murray be Jamal Murray. They stopped trying to just put him in situations to yeah. put him in to score, and they let him be himself. Brought him back in the series. Well, I'm not going to say brought him back, but him being a threat elevated Jokic's game to the yes. point where now I got somebody who y'all scared of with me. Look at the matchup versus the Clippers. The reason why the Clippers lost the Clippers didn't do what Mike Malone is showing he can do, make adjustments. You heard Clippers players multiple. Most of the, most of their top guys say we didn't make adjustments. That's not a problem for Mike Malone. He's not afraid to make adjustments just off the strength of he already feels he's the underdog. Every series he's coming in believing he's the underdog. So he's coming in mapping out certain situations that can work. And you can tell because you can see them in the middle of the game. You can see them after the first quarter. Like people, like yeah. in the Clipper series, in the Clipper series specifically, they instead of them allowing Paul George to find the rhythm, they leaned into his arms the entire time. They leaned on him. So every time he would go to get the ball, he got to push off. He knocking two, three seconds off the clock. Late, late, late shot clock now. Now you just got to work. Oh, we, we, we rushing with Kawhi. The savvy veterans were savvy veterans. We going to hold on to him. It, it got to be playoff basketball. We go hold on to him. Make him play. Make him play through me. Montrez Harrell. Oh, yeah. He too small. Jokic, go to work. If they keep him in the game, you go keep, you keep beating up on him. All he got is his motor. The more that he's in the game, his motor going to go down because he's not able to just run. He can't outrun you if, if he's beat up. Now you look at this series with Portland. They already had experience with Portland. And because he don't have that guy in Jamal Murray to make his job easier, y'all don't got nobody that can guard Michael Porter Jr. 
So the fact that y'all know this the same way we do, we know he don't have to be effective to win. And we know that y'all don't want Jokic to be able to get everybody involved. Sure. So we going to allow him to do the one thing that we seen him do to multiple other teams. When he has that mindset to score, you can't stop him. Just off the strength of mo- most of the big guys don't have enough discipline to guard them down there. They don't have enough. If you name the big guys with real foot defensive footwork to guard Jokic, you can only name two. One, I hate I'm about to say this, it's Dwight Howard. Two, it's Joel Embiid. I, I seen what he did to defensive player of the year. Rudy Gobert, games one through six. Game seven, I ain't gonna lie. Gobert, Gobert did an outstanding job. But on the last play, who got the who got the point? I ain't say he could stop him. I'm just giving <laughs> right. you know, I don't like I don't like Rudy Gobert. I'm just say he, he did an outstanding job. Gotta give him credit for it. And it's because games one through six, everything Jokic wanted to do, he hit you with an up fake. He got you jumping this way. Your part, your man's running down. Okay, he hitting the corner to uh, Jamal Murray, who's catching the back screen from Mill. So I'm like, Jokic, not only can he see the floor, but his patience and awareness of the defense's lack of ability, it, it always works in his favor. Always works in his favor. Michael Malone knows it, and he's letting Jokic dominate every big guy he see. Because who you going to put on him if you're Portland? An easy way to translate what J.D. said when there's only two guys that can guard him is you need an all-time combination of strength, speed, athleticism, and, like, defensive IQ (laughs) to be able to guard Jokic. And, like, say what you will about Dwight. He's still one of, like, the best athletes in the league. All these years later, so sure. Um, sorry to cut you off there, Caleb, but I, no. I figured I wanted to put that no, in perspective. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a great point. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Are we about to dive in on Portland? Yeah, we are. Okay, I had yeah. to ask because yeah. it's something that I wanted to say about them. Well, then go ahead. Go ahead. Just take it away, JD. You're on fire today, so just go right ahead. Um, take it away. <laughs> you want to know? something that I've been saying for years and is literally showing this year more than any other year. I've been saying Portland and Washington was the same teams in different conferences when healthy, right? Elite backcourt, John Wall Bill, Russell Westbrook Bill, Dame CJ, right? The, the roster may not be constructed enough, but they are always a threat to where they can shock you, right? Yep. But think of this. Why don't we Why don't we really ever see these th- teams elevate? They don't have the right coach in place. Terry Stotts is not a good coach. Wow. Terry Stotts is not a good coach. Wow. If you really watch this team, they play the same way all the time. The only time that you see them play different is when one of their top guys is missing. When when CJ got hurt, I mean, when Dame got hurt versus the Lakers, 
Nurkic handled the ball a lot more. And he and we seen that's where uh this Jokic light comes comes from Bryce. Cause he did a good job passing and stuff, right? Yeah, but why why implement this when your top guy go down? If you made this something that happens when your top guy's there, he can become more of a threat. I don't think that they got the coach in place to take them over the top because the coach in place to take them over the top will also know certain rotations is not going to work. Late in the game, this about to sound crazy, but Enos Cantor gave Jokic buckets. Yes, he couldn't stop Jokic, but Nurkic couldn't score on Jokic. Why are sure. you just taking a sacrifice of zero for zero? I'm going to go. I got to ride with the guy who at least giving me one side. He going to fight with him on the boards, whether he win or lose the rebound matchup. I'd rather take the buckets versus taking the guy who getting scored on and can't, can't score on him. Just like none of, nobody on that Denver team has been able to guard Melo. Why are you not allowing Melo to be Melo? Stop putting him in situations where, all right, go ISO, see if you fat. No. None of them can stop Melo when he posts up. None of them can stop him on that two-dribble wing post up. Why are you not allowing him to just go to work? Let him go to work. Instead, you're doing the same thing. Dame ISO, CJ ISO. That's why they always one of the lowest uh, assist teams in the league. People talk about, well, they not a team that turn it over a lot. If one person dribbling the whole time, obviously they not going to turn it over. If Dame and CJ are elite ball handlers, but at the same time, they not really going to pass the ball that much. When Dame get a double-double, it's amazing to see. Why? Because we know he's not one of those guys that's just looking to pass the ball. Sure. Just like CJ. I think the coaching is terrible. Um, Terry Stotts should go coach a team like a um, Charlotte or nope, because then we're going to see a bunch of iso ball. And I don't like that Charlotte a fun team. I don't know. I think, like, go coach a team. Like, go go to the Bulls. Coach the Bulls. Zach Levine. If he if he gets fired, he's going to the Pacers. It's a match made in, like, terrible, terrible fit. Yeah, but who he go? Actually, yeah, the Bulls or the Pacers was work because he got a guy that can ISO. Actually, with the Pacers, he got two. And then you got uh, Sabonis down low. That could work. That that could work. But he, he should not be coached poorly. I think it's ran this course. You see – you got to the Western Conference Finals off um, pure luck. I'm not going to lie because OKC culture was terrible. Um, y'all barely beat Portland. If it, I mean, y'all barely beat Denver. If it wasn't for Rodney Hood coming in and giving you 18 a freaking night. If Jamal Murray was I, playing the way he has the last two years, they don't beat but he, Denver. But he, But he didn't. But he didn't. Why are he we did, playing the did. what if game? What are we but playing? I'm the, saying. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna get into that. I'm just saying. Rodney Hood. Where is Rodney Hood right now? Sure. Toronto. Toronto. He had the he had the series of his life, which I like Rodney Hood, but we all know Rodney Hood is not somebody that you put in and say save me. Right. If it wasn't for Rodney Hood 
They wouldn't have even got there. And then you seen him oh. be outcoached in the finals by players. I mean, in the Western Conference finals by players. Draymond and Iggy was the coaches that series. Steve Kerr called the offensive plays. If you look at the defensive thing, every time out, Draymond and Iggy standing up talking to each other. It's Draymond and Iggy standing up. As, as and they knew what you was going to do every time. As great as Draymond's been, that 2019 Western Conference Finals literally might have been his peak. Like, and it's because I, I think I have to agree. Portland ISO so much. <laughs> they, so. ISO, they ISO. And then, JD, to kind of finish your point, the Rodney Hood for them this year is Carmelo Anthony. They're saying no. Carmelo Anthony. They're Carmelo Anthony. Save me, Carmelo Anthony. Save me. They're Rodney Hood. and not putting them in and not putting and, them in situations to win. Right. The Rodney Hood should be port, should be the Rodney Hood should be Norm Powell. Is that that's who not, it should uh, be? That's fair. That's fair. That like, should be Norm like Powell that. because that's fair. He's not. It like, frees up Melo to be Michael Porter Jr. They, for Denver. And that's fair. Listen, I love Dame. He, you know, for my top one hundred list, he is going to be very high. But there were some plays. Not top five. <laughs> he, he's he's gonna be in the top like he's gonna be six to ten range, right? That's no, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But there were some plays where he missed Norm Powell wide open in the corner, right? And Norm is too good on offense at this point. Like Norm Powell is a legit twenty point a game scorer, and they're not using him enough. Like at this point, he's he needs they. <laughs> Portland's third best guard is better than Denver's best guard right now. And the fact that they're not exploiting that is very damning for me. Like they need to take advantage of the fact that the Nuggets can't guard Norm Powell at all. Like I, I don't think that's an overstatement at all. I don't think they can guard Norm Powell. So I'm not blaming Dame for that though. I'm not, no Dame played out of his mind last night. I can't get mad at him for, you know, doing what he did, but you still, you at some point, you have to trust your teammates. CJ took twelve shots last night. Ridiculous. Right. CJ's not a like yeah. he's not a passive guy. He's not going to not take shots. We've seen him step up in playoff games. Yeah. As many criticisms as I've had of him, him only taking twelve shots. I'm sorry. You know we're criticizing yeah. stats. That has some of it has to come back on Dame too. Absolutely. Like some of it. Some, some of it. it. Yeah, I'm not saying all some of it, but some of it has to come back on Dame too. You need sixty forty stats Dame. Yeah, I would say that's probably a fair ratio. You need to get your other guys involved. And when you, like CJ McCollum, he's one of the better second options in the league. I'm not going to say the best, but he's one of the better second options in the league. And you need to trust him. You need to ride him more. He only missed three shots. I agree. And then you have, and you have Powell. You have three, three, you have one elite scorer and two practically elite scorers, right? They're, They're both very good. You need to lean on them more. And it's ridiculous. And listen, Dame is practically, you know, uncriticizable at this point. I don't blame him, right? Like, you know, he has such a good image. I'm glad he's staying in Portland. Some of, some of that has to come back on Dame. I'm not like like JD said, 60 40 is probably the right ratio, but you need to get your other guys involved. I personally think it's more on, I would say it's more than 60 40 and more towards stats. But I think, I think Powell, Powell, I understand where you guys are coming from, but Powell just asked it. This guy's been on championship teams. This guy's been on big playoff runs. He's established enough as a player where he should be able to go into the huddle and say, give me the freaking ball. Okay. I'm not buying the fact that I got to go out there and sit there and say that a teammate's got to be the one that does it. 
if you're that good of a scorer, Alex, and you're having that good of a year, then you should be confident enough to go in your freaking huddle and say, give me the ball and score. Powell to, to me, yes, he has the ability to be a, what you're talking about, a 15 to 20 point a game score. And he should absolutely be taking more than nine shots. I agree. I agree with that. But you, but to, to act like that is that is all, uh, that it's that it's you're you're not putting the blame on him. You're putting the blame on Lillard and Stotts. Like, to me, that's 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 far fetched. He should well, be getting some of that blame, Alex. He he should be shoot like he's only taking twenty shots this whole series, right? Yes. Yes. He needs to take more, and maybe okay, maybe some of that should be on him. Sure, but. I mean, Norm is the new guy in the system that's been around for eight years. Sure. Right. Like they've been playing or they've been playing this way since 2015. Right. I can understand why you don't want to come in and ruffle feathers, but it's incumbent on the point guard to make sure like Mike Conley. Right. I'll go back to Mike Conley real quick. He always had the best quote about this because he would talk about Zebo, Right. Yeah. And he's like, I, I see Zebo over there. He's working hard on the defensive end. I need to make sure I get him a touch, right? I need to make sure he touches the ball so that he keeps trying. And I think that's what a point guard has to do. And I know that, you know, that we're in a new age of point guards where scoring more is frankly more useful at the point guard position. Sure. But at a certain point, you have to boil it back down to the basics. There's a reason Chris Paul's been in the league for 16 damn years. There's a reason Mike. Look, most point guards before this era, Mike Conley's age would be out of the league by now. And there's a reason those guys have stuck around, right? There's a reason Ricky Rubio is still around. Ricky Rubio can't shoot for shit and he's still playing. So yeah, you at a certain point, you just need to boil it back down to the point guard basics. And I love Dame. I think he's an incredibly high IQ player, but you need to be more forceful in getting your teammates involved. Then what do you want, Alex? He gave you ten assists. He gave you ten assists. So what? What do you want? You wanting him to push like fifteen to eighteen assists and like again an even bigger load? Hockey assists might be worse. Go ahead, JD. Go yes, ahead. it absolutely. Okay. It's not the numbers. Okay, that's gonna steal it. It's the effect of his passing. For instance, okay. Rondo averaged thirteen assists with Sacramento when it was just him, Rudy Gay, and Boogie. Sure. On the on the Lakers last season, he averaged what six, um, seven in the playoffs. Yeah, but it wasn't the direct assist that broke the teams down. Sure, it was the extra passes being made. I sure. mean, um, even even when it comes to guys like um, Jokic, it's his direct assist that that hurts you, right? Sure. But as a point guard. You are initiating the play most of the time. Ben Simmons is is a walking triple double. A lot of times, his passes lead to an extra open pass, so he won't get it. It's not the direct pass that's killing you. Same with Joel and B. It's him being doubled, um, being slashing. He hit Ben. You leave Dan, Danny Green wide open in the corner. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's due to yep. Marcus, like you know, it's it's well, the it's the effect yeah. of the passing, and I think Dane can be that guy, similar to CJ, sure. because they can break a defense down so well. You're going to draw the initial help. You make one drop off, somebody has to rotate, and because they scrambling on defense, all you guys got to do is continue to spread the ball. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It, it's going to be fun to watch. It's simple basketball. Yeah. It's simple basketball. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it, it'll be good to watch. Um, I mean, obviously, game three is big for Portland, and, and we'll see where that goes. But we'll move forward. We got another great series with Lakers and Suns, and 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 obviously, game two was uh, fantastic in about every way. Um, you know, both guy, both teams really played hard. Um, you know, I was a little, you know, Sarge, Sarge. That was the most angry fifteen minutes I've ever watched. But as far as far as I as far as I've concerned, I I. I don't, I don't think Phoenix is any, I, I mean, obviously it seems like Chris Paul can play, right. I feel like that's a fair statement, but like uh, the, the question, the, que, the, que, the, the thing that I am worried about is, will this kind of boost the Lakers to just go for two in a row right back at home, which I think is very possible. I, I, I think I'm, I, I think, I think the Suns have to slow it and they have to slow it down in game three. I think if you do it yeah. in game four, the momentum's too big for the Lakers and they go, they go, I wouldn't even shock me if they go three in a row, but if, if they, if they, if they get in, and so I guess my question is, how are you looking at this, Alex, in game three with this matchup? Because the, what they've done for you in game two, obviously Chris Paul, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what they were, maybe cautious to try to be cautious with the injury. Um, Pain, God bless him. Way too many highs and lows. It's like going on a roller coaster, and you got no idea where it ends. Kendrick you, Nine. It's 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 just it's not it's not good. Kendrick Nine comparison the hot pocket. It's a, well, he's a hot pocket, but I'd say he's even worse than that. It's like it's like if trash can and it, trash, and it's just burning, and you got to get it out. You got to get out of your house, or it's gonna be bad. Campaign is exactly that. It's just gonna infect everything else. He, 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 I am not buying campaign had this great game. He made big plays, but I'm not buying great game. And I don't buy it for a good amount of this series, because if you really think about it, he still has the issues of, he doesn't slow that he's not slowing the game down. He's rushing. He's rushing everything. He's trying to force things when they're not there. He's, he's trying to make plays when he's not that type of guy. And I don't, and, and, and even though he had a, he, he had a solid game, I'll give him that, but I can't, I can't sit here and really bank on campaign doing what he did in the next couple games. I need Jay. I mean, Jay Crowder had timely plays. I just asked these a little better. I asked McKill Bridges to be a little better, but the Suns, what am, what are you seeing Alex from the Suns? Can they get game three? I think game three is absolutely crucial for them. I don't think so. And here's why. Listen, Okay, DeAndre Ayton's done a phenomenal job staying out of foul trouble. You need, At some point, you that's, need to say that on the record. You need, you I need listen. <laughs> my first of all, can I can I address can I address our good friend Zachary Griffith? Real go quick? go ahead. Go so and he he realized that he took what I said out of context the first time I texted him. I went back through the messages. Thank God for the Apple uh, search feature. <laughs> but. He realized he took what I said out of context. I'm pretty sure minutes after you guys finished recording the podcast. Second of all, okay, my issues were never with DeAndre Ayton. It was always with foul trouble, right? Because you brought up Sarich. You know I'm not as low on Sarich as you are, but in this series, I'm probably lower than Sarich than you are. Oh, it's just I, I like a- him, but man, I thought of everything Caleb said and said, geez, he's being bullied right now. <laughs> it, this isn't the matchup for him. This is not a good, like the Suns are a small team, right? And if Crowder, we saw Crowder get in foul trouble very early on, you know, ballsy play by AD to take him out of the game there. 
hey yo um in all, in all seriousness crowder gets it wasn't two- a foul either no it wasn't Ref- you're right it wasn't like, a foul it was that was some weak shit they called the refs were really bad the last all these game twos that we've seen so far really yeah. bad but i'm yeah. not especially in the second we didn't talk about that especially in the second half of that portland denver game that was awful that felt like a slog but we'll save it for monday we'll save it yeah save that for zach yeah. but my issue was always just DeAndre Ayton staying out of foul trouble. In these first two games, he's done a really good job of staying on the floor. Really good job. Like, he played 42 minutes yesterday. I have to respect that. He's been a phenomenal player for the Suns. And Devin Booker has been playing out of his mind. Right? 7 of 17 yesterday. He gets to the foul line 17 times. I did not realize he got there that much. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. just... He's, He's a playoff player, right? We know that this is what was going to happen, basically. Like, the, the Lakers were throwing everything at him, right? They were throwing the kitchen sink, and that's just because Chris Paul's cooked. Like, I, like, I'm like i sorry. Not, like, cooked in terms of, like, his career, but for this series, he's done, man. Like, just watch when he dribbles with his right. He can't. He can't shoot the right way. Like, he can't. He's not physically capable of shooting those fadeaways. He's not physically capable. We saw it took him, like, three seconds to load up on a wide-open 12-footer, right? <laughs> It's not good for him. He can't dribble. So you're going to be getting a lot of campaign. You're going to, you know, maybe you'll see some each one more minutes. You'll see some length sure. Galloway, right? But I, I just, I don't, if Chris Paul's not healthy, they just can't win. They're not ready. You know, they don't have the size. They don't have, you know, the ability to win when Chris Paul's not going right, right? Because if it was any other team, right? Like if they were playing, if they were playing the Blazers, they, they wouldn't sweep them. They'd kill the Blazers though. Sure. Like even with, even with CP out, because Booker, they just the the Sun or the Blazers just couldn't stop Booker. But they got the worst possible matchup on every respect because the Lakers, you know, even with LeBron and AD out, they were still a top five defense all year, right? Yeah. And obviously Caruso can't guard him, but I like KCP's chances. You know, I think KCP can hold his own. You know, sure. they throw hard traps at him with AD at the top. It's like they can throw looks at Booker that he's just not going to be able to navigate all the time. And the rest of the Suns don't have shot creation ability like that. Yep. Like, that's why you need campaign out there because he can actually get his own bucket. Like, I love Mikhail Bridges. He just can't do that. I love Jay Crowder, but he's never been a get-your-own-bucket guy. Like, that's not their game. And that's why – maybe that's why he threw Saric out there because he's like, hey, you know, Saric will help us get buckets, but it it backfired spectacularly. So I I, I think the Suns are going to lose. I could see – I'm not going to say Lakers in five because I respect the Suns too much. I think I'm going to go Lakers in six because I, if Chris Paul keeps playing the way he did yesterday, they, ha- they have no shot of winning the series. JD, do you have anything? We went pretty in depth on this Monday. So I, that's why I had it um, last. Yeah. Did, did you have anything on, on this series and we can, we can close uh, just a little bit. Um, okay. I've been out watching this. I was thinking about it and, one thing the Chris Paul injury is huge. I think he still can be effective though if the right personnel is around him. I think there's no way you can be bigger than the Lakers. And no, the Lakers the Lakers actually want to play slow. The Lakers want to play slow as well. And right now due to the fact that you can't be bigger than the Lakers, you might have to speed it up, which means you might need to play smaller, which could work in their benefit if they put the right guys out there in, in clutch time. You already lose in the rebound battle. When, when Andre Drummond in the game, he literally feasted on everybody. I've seen them knock Sarich around 
like a like he was like a grown man pushing a little girl on a swing. It felt like wherever whenever he touched Sarge, Sarge was flying around. He bullied Aiden to the point where Aiden literally has no effect on the game unless he's getting a put back right now because they are so big. Yesterday, his numbers look phenomenal, but he was open on all those shots. He started off now for now. Why? He got easy tips and easy backside layups. I think they got to play small. I would go – I would run the guys that I know we going to keep putting on LeBron that um, – AD out there, which is Bridges and um, Crowder. But then you got to go with the guy who's actually stepping up, who I like on both sides, Cam Johnson. You got to go Cam Johnson with Book and CP and just trap everything. The Lakers have – Schroeder can handle the ball. Schroeder is not going to break you down. Chris Paul did a nice job at standing Schroeder up. Just trap AD and Brian, make them make the extra pass, and you rotate. The Lakers don't have enough shooters. They got quality time shooters, but they don't have enough shooters. You just got to – you must rush them. You have to rush them and make them play that way because you already are smaller than them. Use it to their advantage. That's what Golden State did for years. No, I, I agree. It, it's it's there's so much to look. There's so much to dissect. And, and we took a lot of time on Monday to dissect it. And then I felt like I wanted to give it its proper due. But at the same time, um, I know how much we tried to. Bla- oh, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I would do. It's weird that LeBron's not being more aggressive. That's that's yeah. one thing I, yeah. I, I want to say before we close. Like, sure. I feel like yesterday was just like, OK, we're going to make sure AD is involved. And if you, you know, include all the free throw attempts, AD took about 25 shots, right? Give or take a couple. Yeah. I'm not sure the exact how many, because, you know, free throws are weird. You know, you get and ones, you get fouled on threes, et cetera, et cetera. But AD took about 23 to 25 shots yesterday. And LeBron only took 16 and he only took one free throw. Like, I don't think LeBron's trying. As crazy as that sounds. You want, okay. There's two surefire ways I feel like you know LeBron's trying. First is rebounds. Would you like to know how many rebounds he had yesterday? Four. He had four. That's correct. In free throw attempts, he only took one. Like when LeBron's going, he's getting to the foul line and he's getting rebounds. I I don't think he's trying. I don't think he's trying. And I I think that's a little weird to see coming out of LeBron. There's two things with that, though. One thing... LeBron still rehabbing that that leg, and you could tell he's shooting a lot more jumpers. Yesterday they happened to be falling, and another thing, LeBron is starting to coast because he knows Chris Paul is hurt. Because with Chris Paul being hurt, LeBron and AD jumps to not just being better than both of their favorite players, but now you can add in we got more effective players. Because Chris Paul is hurt. Because Chris Paul on that floor, even with LeBron, because of who's on their teams, Chris Paul is the most effective player. Because everybody on Phoenix feeds off of him. Anthony Davis doesn't feed off of LeBron because he brings his own entity. Andre Drummond the same way. Dennis Schroeder the same way. Now KCP feeds off of LeBron. Caruso feeds off of LeBron. But 
everybody but Devin Booker on Phoenix and Cam campaign. Even campaign to an extent feeds off of Chris Paul. Devin Booker to an extent feeds off of Chris Paul. Because if you look at game one and game two, Devin Booker came off of more screens in game one and was able to get mid-range uh, spot-up jump shots. But game two, he handled the ball more and had to be more aggressive, which is why he went to the line as much. Yeah, I think... I think I think Chris Paul being the most effective player in the series hindering them right now because they had so many people that relied on him. It, it turns the series to five if Chris Paul can be effective. Yeah, that's a good point. That's I wouldn't point. say I wouldn't say uh, game three is a must win, but they got to steal a game at home. They have to steal one of the Lakers home games just so their confidence can go up. Because Jay Crowder is an irrationally confident guy. If he's confident and it's going down, we've seen what he did for Miami. His defense becomes better. Michael Bridges, as good as he shoot, it's going to take for him to dunk on somebody for his confidence to go through the roof. If you watch it all season, every time he got a bit dunk, his energy was infectious to the team. What what a traps became a lot harder. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, this was it. This is a, obviously going to be a fun series, and we'll we'll have you posted, uh, you know, and updated here on on this podcast. And and there's plenty plenty of things to dive into. The divine rhyme of will be will be obviously dissecting. Uh, their stuff. They have plenty of podcasts to check out from Schoolboy Q to, uh, you know, Jay Cole and, and his projects. Uh, please don't be afraid to check those out. Um, Alex, uh, as he kind of mentioned a little earlier, uh, is doing some series with Dylan. Uh, and I, I listed those off uh, earlier in the pod and, and he'll he'll go over those and, and, and him and, and Dylan will be able to provide different detail, very similar uh, to this that'll that'll be able to you know give some content give some uh, different takeaways of those series uh, we'll also have uh, the circle city cinema uh, which the cinema has been uh, kind of you know as, as Zach told me he's trying to might, might go a little less as the playoffs continue uh, as he feels like it's where his attention needs to go but he's, he's done some fantastic stuff with fast and furious he's done uh, fantastic with the drafts that he has coming up uh, please don't be afraid to check that out uh, Dylan Hughes as well with his book, uh, Alex's co-host. Don't be afraid to check out that read. It's a very good read and it's not very expensive. So please check that out. $7.50. Uh, like $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $7. $